Hey, everybody, this is Ben. Hey, and this is Jason. And we wanted to tell you a very special announcement. We just recorded a short audiobook. Yeah, it's called The Dueling Letters. It's the account of events leading to the duel between our friend Alexander Hamilton and our enemy Aaron Burr. <laughs> right. And uh, it's just basically it's us reading the letters and there's a little bit before and after, of course, and we kind of put our own spin on things. But we thought it would be fun to kind of dramatize the um, the accounts and the letters and to put it into audio form, because if you're like me, sometimes you just don't have time to read and you want to listen to audio. So this is a great way for you to be able to do that. Yeah, it's one of the most fascinating reads or listens that you will have this year. I promise you, you will not regret getting the dueling letters. You can look it up on Amazon or Audible. Yeah, and if you go to electioncollege.com slash dueling letters, and we'll put that right in the notes here, uh, you'll be able to find it very quickly and very easily. And um, it's cheap too, so you should check it out. It's a quick listen and it's a cheap download. And hey, if you don't have Audible already, you can sign up for a free trial and use your credit to get our book for free. So that would be awesome. Again, the link is electioncollege.com slash dueling letters. Election College Episode 112, The J Treaty and the First Party System. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. When it comes to talking about the Jay Treaty Uh and federalism. Yeah. And the Republicans, otherwise known as the Democratic Republicans. Right. We've got to talk about what the first party system is. Well, essentially, it's the first party system. So I think you've basically answered your own question. Oh. Yeah. Well, this is a great podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seriously, the first party system, I mean, this isn't what we know it as today, but the first party system was let's not have parties. Let's just be a country and stuff. Let's not be like every other country in the world. Yeah. And, you know, it was pretty easy to do because you had George Washington and everybody wanted him to be president. Right. And even when he didn't want to be president for a second term, you had Alexander Hamilton, who was very much a federalist. I mean, after all, he started the party. Right. And you had (laughs) people like James Madison and Thomas Jefferson, our friend TJ, who were all about Washington. He needed to be the president again. Right. And when it comes to George Washington, you also don't dispute with him because he's George Washington. And so why would you have any need for multiple parties when the guy who is leading the country is always right? Yeah. Until it gets bad. Right. Yeah. So... Let's dive in. Okay. So <laughs> the first party system, really, that's how things were running for, well, let's just say the beginning of the presidency, which would have happened 1788, 89, really begins to emerge in 1792 because, well, let's face it, Alexander Hamilton is just going to come out and say it. 
hey, gang, I'm a Federalist. And people like Thomas Jefferson is like, hey, I'm a Democratic Republican. And just so you know, we have talked about this before, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth. The first party system was the way we did things up until 1824. And the two parties at hand, as you might have surmised by now, would be the Federalists and the Democratic-Republicans. And we'll just call the Democratic-Republicans the Republicans. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good, because uh, what we don't realize in our modern culture, I think, is that a lot of the names and everything we give to the original parties were not necessarily held by those original parties right off the bat. So uh, it's always a good idea to remember that they went by something else in, in the current day, as it, as it would be. Yeah. So... Both parties that we're going to talk about, the Federalists, who, if you haven't listened to the Federalist episode, go back and listen to that. It's just a couple episodes before this one. Mm -hmm. They were very much the people who you would say, hey, businesses, the, the rich people, the people who are getting things done in and around the office, they wear a monocle, right? They're rich. That's yeah. what we are trying to say. They're rich. <laughs> <laughs> and the Republicans were more of the agriculture, agricultural community. Uh, hey, the people who wore overalls, right? Basically, if you have a pair of bib overalls, you wouldn't have made a good Federalist. Right. So the Federalists were all about, well, the teachings of Alexander Hamilton. And... Alexander Hamilton was all about having the federal government assume the state debts and have a tariff to pay off those debts. And this is a biggie, have a national bank to facilitate the financing and have that national bank encourage banking and manufacturing. So, yeah, this is going to be pretty big, especially in the North. It's kind of funny because when you think about this era in our history, we kind of had just gotten away from a really strong central government. You know, the king, he kind of was the government at the time. And of course, there was parliament and all that good stuff. But then the leading group of people in the country are like, you know what we should do? Have a strong central government. It just <laughs> blows my mind that that was the first thing. No, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying it's really interesting that right off the boat, essentially, they're wanting to have a, a strong control. But yeah, like Jason mentioned, we have the National Bank and we have the government pretty much taking all of the state's debts, which essentially says you are indebted to us. Since you are a state in the union, we're controlling you. Right. So another thing to consider is that whole element of, am I going to be like the British or am I going to be like the French? And as you know, the British, well, they had a monarch, and they had a very big central government because of that. Right. <laughs> and the French did not. I mean, let's just face it, the French were in the middle of a revolution that... They killed their government. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say. Uh, well, in yeah. so many words. Right. So, if you're a Federalist, you're going to be accused by the Republicans as being, well either a monarchist or just really in cahoots with the British. And if you are a Republican, you're going to be accused of being like a French person. 
So, Jason, speaking of the French Revolution Wars, how about that treaty that came along, the Jay Treaty? You know, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton get together with George Washington, and um, they're like, well, how about we get rid of all this British stuff that's here? Exactly, Ben. I mean, let's just face it. Things are a little awkward between (laughs) the United States and Britain. (laughs) I mean, they just fought a war, and you had the rugged American patriots fighting the largest army in the world. And these patriots, these ragamuffin patriots, win. And there was a lot of stuff going on where Britain was kind of like that, well, older brother who still felt that they had a... Well, let's just put it this way. They still felt that they could meddle in the Americans' business. And not only that, they've got all sorts of troops still in America, which seems crazy to me. And they've got all sorts of goods, and they're claiming responsibility or at least ownership of some of the territories and um, that, that were not specifically claimed or assigned to the Americans. And they're like, hmm, let's just do this thing where we get all this over with at once. Yeah, so you have the Secretary of the Treasury, who is Alexander Hamilton, and he is all about working for this, and President Washington is, of course, all behind it, because Hamilton is behind it, and our main man. We haven't talked about our main man in a long time, that being John Jay, who was our first chief Supreme Court Justice. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty important job, and he's a pretty important guy. Uh, one of the reasons the treaty's named after him, which actually it really wasn't named after him, but um, we'll get to that eventually. It's a longer name. But basically the, the treaty says, hey, okay, so British Army, get your stuff out, and then um, uh, some of these debts that we have between you, let's just send these off to arbitration. Somebody who's not us can get into it. And um, that's probably going to be better for everybody, so we're all getting, you know, a fair deal here. Yeah, and hey, British Army, there are some units that are still in some of the pre-revolutionary forts, especially in the Northwest Territory. And if you don't know what the Northwest Territory is, that is basically Ohio, Indiana, some of Kentucky, and so on. Right, so, of course... We have some dissenters. Pretty much everybody who likes Thomas Jefferson and thinks the same way he does says, no, um, this treaty isn't going to happen. Uh, if we you know, get together with Britain again, we're just going to have more and more problems. Hamilton is going to just be even more powerful because we all know at heart he loves the king, even though he won't admit it. <laughs> and essentially, um, we, we don't want it. It's not going to happen. And uh, the the country will go back to the state it was in if we have any kind of peace with these people. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy when you think about it, because let's face it, Washington just spent the latter part of the last couple of decades of his life opposing the British. So it seems a little crazy that people would even accuse him of being in cohorts with the monarch. And he's already said... I don't want to be the president for life. I don't want these huge, long titles. I am not a monarch. I'm not like that. 
but how easily we forget. Hey, Ben, did you want to talk a little bit about why the British would ever want to enter into any sort of agreement with these United States? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Britain has a war going on with France at the moment. They basically don't want the United States to become too close to France, because that only spells trouble for England, and they don't want France to take over uh, the United States for any reason that may ever come up, because then that makes France too strong and too close and too powerful. So they say, basically, um, yeah, we need to get America on our side, because that only strengthens our position, strengthens our economy, etc., etc., yeah, and keep in mind, at this point in the game, the United States doesn't have this big, powerful army. It's really not the goal of America to get involved with any issues going on in Europe. Really, you just want to have the United States be neutral and not fall under any control or influence of the French. So... Go Britain, right? <laughs> so they had, they had their reasons. So in the midst of all of this, the Royal Navy had captured hundreds of these neutral American merchant ships. And this impressment. was all a part. Yeah, impressive. We talked about that like for 12 episodes straight, I think, at one point. Yeah, and I even am sick and tired of hearing me make jokes of how <laughs> oh, I'm not impressed. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, they did this because they wanted to blockade France, the French ships. And so you had these British officials in Canada, and they were all about supporting the Native American tribes and their resistance to have American settlers in the Ohio River Valley. And it, it's a complicated situation here. Because you have Britain who's in the middle of saying, well, we want to work out some things with the United States. But guess what? We are not going to be that friendly because we realize <laughs> that we need to form alliances with the Native Americans in order to keep the Americans from spreading into Canada. So, yeah, kind of a complicated situation going on here. But you really don't have the Americans knowing as a united front of what our place is in all of this. So you have Jefferson, TJ, and James Madison, who are like, you know what? The French are not that bad. Right, yeah, absolutely. And of course, TJ is going to say that, right? I mean, he's a Francophile who, whatever he wants to say. But James Madison, he that's surprising because, you know, he wouldn't have been considered, um, well, a Francophile for that matter. So, if you listen to the beginning of this episode, and then you listen to the second part, you might be like, how are all these things connected? And here it is. Because this particular issue is one of the largest issues that really starts to create this current two-party political system that we're familiar with. And by current, I mean like 1800-ish time period. Uh, <laughs> I guess current, there's a two-party system as well, but it's a little different now. So anyway, uh, you, you get these two different parties with these two very opposing ideas of what we should do and what we should be uh, involving ourselves with, and all of a sudden, we're not unified anymore, and we're not all agreeing that the same thing should be done, and we're not all on the same side, because we're fighting amongst ourselves. Yeah, it's pretty crazy 
because at this point you've got the Federalists in charge. You got Washington who, I mean, Hey, why not? He's in his second term. What does it matter? Right? Exactly. And he gets the chief justice of the Supreme court, John Jay He says, Hey John, my main man, <laughs> will you please go to London and negotiate with the British? And John Jay is like, Sure. Why not? That sounds good, right? Exactly. So you got the forts, which we've talked about. And to be specific, uh, the Great Lakes region. I mean, you had Detroit and Mackinac and Michigan. You had Niagara and Oswego and New York and Maumee uh, in Ohio, which if you know anything about Ohio and Native Americans, you'll recognize Miami and those other Native American tribes that would have lived in modern-day Ohio. So you got the impressment issue going on. Mm -hmm. You've got the merchants who wanted composite. You've got the American merchants who wanted compensation for 250 ships, which the British had confiscated in 1793 and 94. Right. There are a bunch of people in the South who had slaves and when the British army uh, takes off after the Revolutionary War, they take them with them and get a bunch of them out of there. And so the Southerners are like, well, we want compensation, and uh, that's going to mean money, so pay up, guys. And then we also, um, at the time, the, the British West Indies, not available to trade there. So, hey, hey, Britain, could you open up the West Indies for us? We'd be really appreciative. Um, the last thing that was really an issue. Well, there, there are two things. One, there weren't clearly defined lines between America and Canada. And when there's not clearly defined lines, that means people are stepping on each other's toes and taking over property that's not theirs and, you know, getting in like musket fights and stuff. So that's not a good thing. Right. The, uh, the, also the other issue was that there had been some hassling of Native Americans by the British and America's like, hey, could you stop that? Because every time you instigate them, all they see is a white face that speaks English, and they think it's us, and they're like attacking us again and stuff. So could you stop that? So those are really the big issues of the, of the day. Yeah, so Jay goes over to London, and there are some compromises made. There's some agreements that are made. The British say, okay, we will vacate those western forts, We'll get out of there by summer of 1796. And they did that. And they're going to compensate American ship owners. And in return, the United States is going to say, Hey, Great Britain, you are now a most favored nation as far as the trading status goes. So why not, right? And the United States guarantees the payment of private pre-war debts that Americans owed to British merchants. And um, everything seems pretty good, right? The debts alone are like a huge deal for many of these people because they've pretty much given their entire lives, all their livelihood, their, uh, in some cases, their plantations or homes or anything of the sort have been destroyed or at the very least compromised. So, yeah, this thing that they don't, they're not going to have to pay back all those debts they had and uh, they're definitely not going to have to owe the British anything in goods anymore either. Is huge for them. Yeah. So one issue, interestingly enough, that Jay did not 
either address or push too hard was the issue of the compensation for slaves. Why? Because Jay was not for slavery. And this really stirred the pot yeah. with the Southern slaveholders. And Jay also was not uh, very successful in negotiating an end to the impressment of American soldiers. So that's a pretty big thing that we're going <laughs> to need to remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It seems so crazy to me that you would, it would be okay at some point to just like take prisoners or ca capture citizens from another country and be like, all right, there are now. Yeah, it is crazy. And one other thing with your friends, yeah. no, they weren't even enemies at this point. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, they were enemies. enemies. But yeah. <laughs> Friendly enemies, I suppose. It's one of those things where you keep your enemies even closer than you do your friends, I guess. So interestingly enough, one part of the J treaty states that native Americans have the right to travel from the British areas, AKA Canada into the United States. And this aspect of the treaty has actually come up in more recent times where the issue of native Americans being able, like say you're a native American and you live in Canada and you want to come down to the United States and work or be educated, you do not have to go through some of the red tape that if you're of European or another ancestry descent, you can freely go between the countries. And as recently as 1952 and 1965, the Jay Treaty has given Native Americans born in Canada, the entitlement to enter the United States to work or study or retire, invest, or emigrate. So the Jay Treaty still sets that precedent to this day. Pretty important document for sure. And uh, even more important at the time, of course, was the fact that, hey, we don't have to worry about going to war with them for like a few years at least. Right. <laughs> yeah. It really is interesting. So we have all of these ideas that have been presented with John Jay going over to England and, and getting things done. Meanwhile, if you're Thomas Jefferson, you're fuming. Yeah, absolutely. You do not <laughs> like this. And, and the, this is really where this story is intertwined with that first party system story, because you have TJ He's like, gang, <laughs> if you are with me, if you are a Republican, don't do this thing. Don't do it. Don't do it at all. But you've got Washington. You've got his seal of approval. Right. And they are going to pass. And, you know, uh, we would really like your seal of approval. And by that, I mean we would like you to leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> a shameless a plug as I've ever given. Uh, we really do appreciate when we get great reviews on iTunes. It means a lot. And uh, we also, as you heard at the top of the hour, really would love your seal of approval by going and uh, picking up the dueling letters. It's the account of the letters that were sent back and forth between Alexander Hamilton 
and Aaron Burr before their fateful duel. And uh, we think it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a short little audiobook, and it's also cheap, and you can get it for free even if you want. So head over to electioncollege.com slash dueling letters, and the link, of course, is in the show notes. Yeah, we really appreciate your support, and we'd love to interact with you on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Election College. Again, that URL for the dueling letters is electioncollege.com slash dueling letters. And I can't wait to talk to you, Ben. Uh Next episode, I've got a secret. What's that? We're going to jump ahead in time a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. And it applies to where we are right now. Live from... Find out next time. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you later this week. Bye.